Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is a transfer deadline day window slamming shut special edition of the Midweek Fix. Uh, I'm your host, Matt, for this evening. We got Gav along with us. We got Dom and we got Kev. Gentlemen, are we excited about the overflow of business being done in the transfer window? (laughs) Literally just got breaking news now. Uh, Chelsea have reached agreement with principal with Benfica to sign Enzo Fernandez immediately, not in the summer. Clubs now racing to get the documents for the 22-year-old Argentinian midfielder completed in time for the 11 p.m. UK deadline, according to the Athletic. Oh, the so there we are from outside of Stamford Bridge, live from outside Stamford Bridge. Kevo Sullivan with all the breaking news. Are we putting Kevin in charge of breaking news? <coughs> Is Kevin Charles breaking news? I, it seems. I really seems want like it to be because that means that we don't have to look up anything. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, I can literally sit here, drink tea, and just be really sad about Liverpool for an hour and then go about my business. So, Kev is in charge of um, Deadly uh, breaking news. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that'll almost certainly be the biggest deal of the day as well, too, when it comes to mm. magnitude and dollar amounts. The biggest deal so. in Premier League history. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think on that one? Um, there's a lot of people that think that you know Todd Bowley is that his name Todd Todd I wanted to say say Tom but I think it's Todd Um, Tom Todd Todd Bowley Todd um, is like a lunatic and doesn't know what he's doing but clearly they know what they're doing like these these people are billionaires and he has this clear water crowd behind them that are billionaires that literally you know look at a market down to the last minute detail and they're making investments and clearly they know what they're doing they're clearly saying we will commit this amount of money over the next seven years 
we will come in probably 20% of it right now and the rest across well you can see seven six seven eight year contracts so a lot of a lot of stuff around you know ffp and stuff like that i don't know if chelsea have a bit of a clean slate because they're a newly owned club i don't know what deal was done with the british government um when it was being sold but i would be very surprised if, if chelsea are breaking ffp by doing this and that close you know they would they would be close but you have to remember they've loads of assets there now like Zayac, I think, is on his way to PSG. Kante, they're looking to get rid of. There was another one today I seen was linked out as well. Um, and there'll be more in the summer. And, like, genuinely, if they get 30 to 40 million quid for four or five players, they're well within FFP. Because, yeah. A, they're paying out a percentage to start with, which right now, if it's 20%, is about 150, 60 million quid. Okay? And that'd be twenty percent of what they've spent in the last six months, and then spread the rest over six, seven, and eight years. They'll be absolutely fine. I mean, just looking at Chelsea's uh, transfers for this window off the Guardian, they don't even have it updated yet to include Enzo Fernandez. But with their last signing being Mudrik, they're at a negative one hundred and sixty-three million pound. You know, a net spend of one hundred and sixty-three million in just this window. Mm-hmm. So add another. 105 on top of that serious serious money i mean that news was so uh breaking and needed to be addressed that we just skipped right over the fact that our show is brought to you by bookmakers.com uh if you're into a little bit of the gambling you want to get the best odds on uh, whatever sport you're looking at not just football but everything head on over to bookmakers.com make sure to check gavot on his weekly show doing uh doing the hard work getting out amongst the rival fans Having to talk about Liverpool, that's, uh, that's Trying unfortunate. Trying to avoid talking about Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, just keep it to three games and try not to pick the Liverpool game. If you're lucky, you'll be mm. all right. Um, well, shit, I don't know where to start here, gentlemen. Uh, start with Dom. But, uh, how does Dom feel? Because we don't know anything about yeah. how Dom feels. Is he really upset? Well, you uh, want to talk about Liverpool or just the window in general? I, or just being upset in general? <laughs> yeah, whatever you want, Dom. Fill your boots. <laughs> Um, where do I stand on this? I think I'm the same as any other red, to be fair. I think we need to invest. We've been on a probably a decline for the last three years in terms of investment. Um, going into four, I thought after the Champions League, we should have added a couple to the squad at least to improve the squad. Um, and it's gradually just got maybe, let's say, worse over time in terms of the midfield. Uh, that was going to happen, you know. We've improved by adding Thiago, yes, but Thiago without legs around him is the much point because he looks like he's carrying three men at the moment. Um, I'm just a bit deflated more than anything because it's it's painful to watch other teams around us pushing and pushing and pushing and signing these big players, these big names. And there's a, there's a potential that they run away from us um, if we don't sort this quickly. But... As we know, it's it's not going to be a quick fix. It's probably going to be another one or two windows, depending on who the owners are come July. Yeah, it's, we're certainly well past the one signing would fix things. I mean, we might even yeah. be past the point of one signing injecting enough energy into the team to see any change from it. Like, it's, yeah, it's a downtime, isn't it? But at least we have no Liverpool business to... Keep us occupied. We can just glance jealously at the other clubs. 
Well, the thing is, like, the, and it's probably the thing that's come to me most over the last little while, but definitely in the last seven days or so. Because you always hold out hope to Liverpool to do something, but obviously after the FA Cup game, Klopp said, no, nothing will happen in this window. That's it, you know. And, and you're kind of hoping he's telling you a lie, but I don't think it is. It's we 50-odd <laughs> minutes left in the transfer window and nothing's happened at Liverpool. But I think the thing that's got to me most over the last little bit is by all means, you can be upset over the fact. Like, like I was I was talking to Shani today, and Shani was like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, and you, you know, just general WhatsApps to each other. And I said to him, Shani, look, it's very simple. We we were all told we we, we all said we needed a midfielder in in August, you know, last summer. And Klopp adamant, no, he's okay, he's happy where he has. And then he kind of comes out, look, we we've gone over this loads of times, but he comes out and says maybe I was wrong. And he get a midfielder because he felt then that he needed one. That midfielder plays. That midfielder has played 13 minutes for Liverpool Football Club as a sub away at Napoli, right? We've then seen Henderson and Fabinho in particular fall off a cliff. We've seen Curtis Jones be injured for the vast majority of this season. We've seen Elliot struggle because everything else around us is struggling and he's been kind of a bit of a area you can kind of bash with because, you know, oh, it's down to Elliot, stuff like that. You have Thiago who's injury prone and is trying to carry people you've batch a titch that no one even knew about and when we were talking about this last summer um you've milner who's another year older you know yeah he is it was Bertie was recently wasn't it and i just don't know how you come to the conclusion in january four months after you've signed the player that you thought you needed and has played 13 minutes who still hasn't come back by the way right that you don't need something you know and i, I i'm all in for forward planning and you know and they probably have something in place. We don't know that because like I said on Sunday night, we don't know, we don't hear anything, and that's a good thing at times. Don't get me wrong, but I think as a <coughs> as a manager or as a club, Liverpool should, for me, and I, I said it before before people jump down my throat. They, they don't need to tell you anything. No, they don't. But I think some sort of reassuring words from Liverpool Football Club to say, listen, we know things. Even to come out and go, it's being terrible, right? It's being terrible. We 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 are looking at things. It's unfortunately that we what we want to do cannot be done in this window but we are definitely looking forward to the summer transfer window where we feel we'll have more funds we'll have more availability of players that we want and um, more time to do it and people will go yeah it's been shocking you've made some bad decisions but we're all in it together and let's push on see where we can go because this is coming and you're not getting any of that you know and live up and even if you don't get that Liverpool as a football club needed a midfielder and we're still sitting here now with nothing. We're waiting and I get Diaz and I get Jota and Firmino and Van Dijk and all, that's great, right? We're all coming back. But they can't play in midfield. They cannot play in midfield and I don't care how well you can press up front, that midfield is struggling. We're now down to a midfield of an 18-year-old, right, who shouldn't have that He's really good. He shouldn't have that on his on his shoulders. We have Thiago that could break down any minute. We know this, okay? And we've Naby Keita that literally all we've talked about for the last six months is where is he going to go because his contract's going to run down. And listen, if he's on the pitch, great. I think he's a really good player. But we've spoken since last August about Keita will be gone, Henderson or Oxley Chamberlain will be gone, Milner will be gone. Milner comes on the other day for air fullback. Air fullback that we feel is one of the best fullbacks to ever play for the club. He comes on the pitch. Keita starts. And Oxlade Chamberlain, I think, is the last player to score a league over Liverpool. So you know what I mean? That that's it's for me, that's just why 
it's so frustrating to me and we're just playing a guessing game because you can make arguments over FSG and you can actually make arguments over Klopp. Stubbornness, stinginess, whatever it might be, but every, the, the, every, everyone knows a midfielder should be brought in. And if you have to, if you have to go, it was going to cost us 60 in the summer, it's going to cost us 80 in January, you need to do it. And that's what it comes back to where, where Sean, he says, if you're not doing it, you're writing off a season. Because Liverpool, for me, right now, look like they will struggle to win a game of football. That's just how it is. And we're 50 minutes away from, from going with these lads that are falling off cliffs, too young to have that responsibility on them, or not reliable enough. And that's where we are at the minute. Sorry for going on for so long, but that's that's where it is for me. Ah, well, it's good to see that you have some opinion to give on the matter, Gav. Just Gav? a small one. Gav, Gav, get you all fired up. You want to jump on that? No, I'm pretty much resigned to this season already. Um, I'm resigned to the window as well, to be fair, because I thought once we got Gakpo in early, if there was scope to do anything, they'd have done it early. There was no point in delaying. It was You're seeing it at the beginning of the window. The prices at the beginning of the window comparing to now are, are chalk and cheese. And... <clears throat> It might have been a case of, look, you can have one or the other. You can't have both. Pick one. And the Gakpo deal came up. And at the time, we had one fit center, we had one fit forward available to us. And Gakpo was available then. And they decided to do that. They had might not have had the quality in midfield, but they had numbers. And they had numbers coming back. And he gave the, his answer in the press conference recently that he felt the defending could be better from if it was if he had extra legs in up front. To cope with it he'll live and die by that decision at the end of the day but i think they've bet the house on this summer Klopp has bet the house and his job i think on this summer because if he doesn't get it right this summer it will cost him his job nailed on because... i don't think that's a, i don't think that's a bad show either like <clears throat> frank says more phones question mark that's a lot of bollocks and if you believe it then you're as delusional as the dogs who believe in it frank i'm far from fucking delusional i can tell you that for nothing right um but what I'm saying to you is, is that because of the lack of information that comes out of Liverpool Football Club, right, and I include ownership stuff in that because genuinely there's nothing solid on a change of ownership at Liverpool. Nothing, right? So what I'm saying is because of not even one ounce of clarity in what Liverpool Football Club is doing, right, you can make the argument that more funds could be available in the summer. You could make the argument that the funds could be there now and Klopp has just decided he doesn't want to use them. And... You may think that's delusional, but that's the truth because you've no clarity whatsoever on what's going on, right? Whether you like it or not, you don't. You're going off people telling you on the internet that this is happening, that's happening. You know, look, I'm, I can't believe Pep Linders hasn't been just blamed completely for this transfer window because that was what was happening two weeks ago. So it's not delusional. It's basically not reading the internet and looking at what's going on and what's actually coming out of the football club, which is nothing. And I'm not asking for, you know, put everything out on the table. But because there's nothing there, you can make an argument around anything at the moment. And, may, and listen, you're probably right if you think that the lack of funds is maybe the main issue coming from the owners. I completely get that. But you can still make an argument going the other way because of nothing's being clarified. Well, just it's go back to a bit of breaking news a minute. Um Gianluca Di Marzo has said Everton had a bid rejected today for AC Milan striker Olivier Giroud. Oh. So you can add him to the list of players that Everton were linked to. Uh, 
Uh, Matt Doherty's move to Atletico Madrid is uh, signed, signed as a free agent. Uh, Spurs ripped up his contract by mutual consent and it allowed the Spanish club to sign him on a permanent deal. So Matt Doherty is now at Atletico Madrid. Nobody saw that coming this morning. Uh, Chelsea have agreed a British record fee for Edda Fernandez. Arsenal's Lukonga has confirmed his move to join Crystal Palace on loan. But Jorginho's uh, doing the other way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Deich has left Finch Farm, but no business done at Everton. They've been linked to Andre Ayew, was it? Free Andre Ayew. Andre Ayew. That can be done at any time, though, because he's a free agent. Yeah. Which is um, uh, What else is going on? It's Andre Ayew. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm just scrolling down here now. Uh, Chelsea agreed the loan deal with PSG for uh, Zayic, so that's freed up a spot there for them. And then you're down to Bournemouth confirm another midfield signing, Hamid Traore from Sassuolo, on loan, which will become permanent in the summer. Justin uh, Justin Collins in the chat says Everton were torn down for is Miley Sarr from Watford as well. Yeah, Forrest <laughs> have signed Felipe from Atletico Madrid. Was sorry. Does anybody know what's going on in Nottingham Forest? Because every time I fucking turn on anything, there's, it's like there's is John, John Joe Shelby, Shelby going down there as well? Yeah, there's two, there's two more deals and, and waiting Felipe. to be done at Nottingham Forest. Felipe's a really good defender. Like you know, you've gone and I'm no no offense to Nottingham Forest, but it's like what is going oh, on? Here I we go. Renat, Renan Lodi was a good player for Atletico just a couple of years ago too, and you turn Nottingham Forest on, you're like Renan Lodi plays for. Okay, the tap-in merchant himself has spo- spoken. Keller Navas to Nottingham Forest. Here we go. Agreement in place for a loan deal from PSG until the end of the season. Keller has accepted Forest days ago, and will. It's now sealed. Documents finally signed, done, and dusted. Well, that is the other fella going back to United then? No, he's injured. Oh, okay. So just just on the Nottingham Forest one. I think what they've done in this window, they've done really well in terms of bringing experience in. They know they're in a dogfight. The main thing for them is to stay up, isn't it? So experience right through the spine. I don't think you can complain with that. You've got Navas coming in. You've got the centre-back you've just mentioned. You've got Shelby coming in for the experience. Then you've got Wood up front. They're not the greatest footballers in the world, and they're not going to win all the trophies. But what they will do, they'll make sure the experience counts when it matters, which I think is quite a clever um, window for them. Yeah, it feels like Nottingham Forest got to this point of the season, you know, the window's open and they looked around at the table, they looked at their squad and they looked at the teams below them and went, we can do this. You know, a little bit more, like at this point, we've already bought 27 players. What's another seven or eight, you know, just add them on because that should be enough to keep them up just because there's three teams that are, I think, worse, far worse than Forest are. Uh, get to this uh, super chat we got from 1975 Jamrock said the need for Gakpo wasn't there in the summer and they were able to structure a 44 million pound deal in December. Jurgen Klopp didn't want the mid targets available in the summer. So like it makes me think of what you were saying Gav and I don't know if anybody follows NBA basketball at all but the Philadelphia 76ers had this same sort of mindset five six years ago and the mantra was trust the process. Trust the process because, you know, over here you can tank in North American sports and then you get rewarded with high draft picks. You can't do that in the Premier League, but it feels like if you need to have a season, like there's a difference for me between tweaking and transitioning the team and a rebuild. To me, a rebuild is drastic. A rebuild is when you trade your superstar players 
and you purposely try to get worse to get better. And it feels like we're in that situation because we're not in threat of going down. Being out of Europe isn't as big a threat going forward if we're going to be grandfathered in because of historic performances in the Champions League. So this process might not be a one, two window kind of view. It might be like a five or six window view. And I was talking with Stephen Murphy uh, earlier today about this. And to me, it's starting to feel like the rebuild is going to be Klopp trying to have the next team built to hand off to whoever's coming next, as opposed to just squeezing every last drop out of the existing team as he walks out the door, kind of like Ferguson did where he left United in a state, and then the next guy that got it, it was just a poison chalice. So I'm trying to stay positive because, like, there's a couple things we can all agree on. None of us know anything. The people at the club know much more about this and are much better at their jobs than we could ever possibly be. And they're not saying something. They have to know something that we don't know. Because if we can see that it's glaringly obvious that we need a midfielder, everybody, we need one or two midfielders, and they know more than us and are actually in the know and they're not getting a midfielder, like there has to be some explanation. There has to be a grander plan going on that we're not privy to. I mean, it could be just as simple as FSG. We don't know what's going on with the sale and we won't know what's going on with the sale until probably until the window closes because then it's just, there's nothing left to talk about. Yeah, but that's classic stuff, Kev. Yeah, the window closes. We've, we've and been then, there before. You know, we don't we comment get, on anything. We get the same the fucking three journalists will come out and tell you Liverpool are planning this for the summer. Wow. Liverpool tried for this in the last couple of days. Liverpool, and like the funny thing is, right? People will believe that, right? But hmm. the same journalists will tell you something three weeks earlier and people won't believe that you know it's selective as yeah, to what I'm, you believe. I'm not on about journalists and I'm on about in general I don't, I don't think you're going to hear but in general anything. Kev but in general Kev you think that but no I just but don't the club, think you're going to hear, hear anything nothing. while the window was open the club are, ne- the club are never going to tell you anything no we're gonna sit, I said to it earlier we're going to sit now for four months right and there'll be a blame game that'll go on for four months and the only distraction to that might be the odd game of football that Liverpool actually play because that's yeah. what they're around for and what it's going to be is the football will become a sideshow to a blame game that will go on for four months until the 28th of May, I think, when the season ends. And then we'll be straight into the 4th of June and it'll be, who are Liverpool signing? And by the 3rd of June, it'll be like, why haven't we signed anybody? All right, And then that will go on and on and on and on until August the 31st. That's how it works. You know no, what I mean? I think you're going to see a lot. I think you'll see... Remember, look, they did it. Dortmund did this with Sancho as well. But an announcement on where Bellingham is going to go will happen way before the end of the season. I Probably think, yeah, soon. Yeah, I agree with that. I think. I think no matter. And from that, from that decision, if if it's announced, say after Dortmund are knocked out of the Champions League, the Jew Bellingham has decided to go to X club. Say X club is Liverpool in March. That sets you up. That gives you a boost as fans going into the summer. Okay, we can do that. Or he decides, look, Man City have had a massive clear out and they've freed up an awful lot of headroom for what potentially they could do. Jude Bellingham has decided to go to Man City. Then everyone starts looking at, we've, they can go one of two ways. You can start looking at other targets and what's available to us in the summer because everywhere way you look at it, we have to bring bodies in the summer. That's just has to happen, irrespective of who the owners are. You physically need players. But the other side is, how much money is going to be available? Are we going to have new owners by the time the summer transfer window opens? All these questions are going to be down the line and Klopp is going to have to field all of these. 
and he can only deflect it away for so much before his frustrations or he will let something slip or something gets out from the club. You know, because I, I can't for the life of me understand. I, I went mad in the summers. These guys, they know how to build a club. They know how to get transfers done. We've seen how they can get transfers done and nobody know about it. And then bang, it's done. And it's not like they're signing Mickey Mouse players. You know, they're signing players that are highly touted and highly wanted across Europe. And I suppose trust the process is naive to the extent because we are where we are now because of past decisions. But what else can you do? We can't influence anything. We, and as fans, the process in this case okay. has the 76ers as one of the best teams in basketball currently. You know? Yeah, I get because that. I get that. I know. But I, I understand the frustration. But the other side of me is like, I've seen the rise and fall and rise and fall so many times over my lifetime that, yeah, we're on a downward spiral at the minute. It will get back up. It's going to be harder next time because we won't have a free hit next time. And there's nope. some clubs that are spending to such an extent as to try to buy out the, the dip. They're trying to spend so much money that they get rid of the dip so that it, they just stay at the top. It's, yeah, just another, no. it's a way of franchising effectively. Like, Well, this is what we should have been doing, though. This We should have been starting this process three years ago. For, yeah, for us now to that. be in this, yeah, for us now to be in this situation and still having this, came, this conversation, it's, it's nuts. It's a generational manager for me, personally, that I might never see again. And he's been, let's say, I wouldn't say robbed, but there's potential that he's being robbed of actually winning more trophies than he's actually won. What he's done for this club with the resources he's had available is unbelievable. And what they're doing to him now is hanging him out to dry. My worry for this Bellingham deal is if this doesn't go through in the summer, what then? Because we've seen with Klopp that he has one target and it's all the eggs in one basket. And if he doesn't sign him, then what? Don't but, he needs more than, but he needs more than Dom. He needs more than one basket because Joe Bellingham yeah, just magically changes this midfield because it's like genuinely, it's not like you could say a loss of form, but for me, Fabinho and Henderson have just fell off cliffs. No legs yeah. in them, no drive in them. And we, we say like, oh, do you need a rest? Like, okay, Henderson went to the World Cup. Fabinho did too, but Fabinho didn't. I don't even, kick, I don't even know he kicked the ball at the World Cup. But like, it wasn't the most strenuous time those six weeks. And they've come back, right? And Henderson, I don't think Henderson's has started since Brighton away in the league, right? And mm. he's come on 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and still can't start a game of football with Liverpool. So, you know, even, I've said it loads of times, even if you sign Gio Bellingham, it should be done as a side thing to what you're actually looking to do in the market. You know, you sign two midfielders and Bellingham is your third one coming in. You can't just, like, and even saying that, right, all these eggs in the be- be- basket for Bellingham, we don't know where Joe Bellingham's going. We have nothing to say that Joe Bellingham is signing for Liverpool, apart from, for me, Henderson and Trent spending a lot of time in Qatar. Other than that, we have nothing, right? And we're trying to base the fact that we're doing nothing now on Bellingham will happen in the summer. Wherever Bellingham is going is decided. We don't know where that is. I, I think it's decided. We don't know where it is. But if we don't sign Bellingham, you still need to go out and sign three midfielders. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's just, I think it's it's a mess. Sorry, Matt, I left you a WhatsApp there as well because something come up there and I just wanted to make sure you've seen it. Um, I don't know. Any more news, Kev, before we keep going? Kev's muted. 
Kevin muted himself. I bet you it was breaking, though. Whatever he had. Sorry, my, my mistake. No, I, no, my missus just came home from work. She wanted to tell me something. Uh, this is, the only thing that's broken in the last few minutes, Burnley signed a teenage winger from Andalect, uh, a Jai, 18-year-old kid. Uh, uh, something on Everton again. Giroud not interested in Everton move. He's decided to... Uh, he's, he's basically decided his future is not on Merseyside. But yeah, other than that, we're still waiting 30 minutes to go on an awful lot of deals still waiting to be confirmed. Okay. And this would, this could go on until 12 o'clock, couldn't it? Because they don't get so One. long afterwards. Yeah, they get a two-hour extension. <clears throat> if they haven't put the ink in the fax machine or someone put yes. it out on the way out um, and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I'll check the work of those interns that are in charge of your fax machine. That's mm-hmm. the most important yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, let's see. We got a half an hour until the window closes gently. Um, Dom, what piece of business from around the Premier League is uh, have you liked the most? As I mentioned before, I thought Forest. I thought they've had a really smart window. That's that's my honest opinion. I think if you look at them in a, probably in a couple of months' time. With the experience they've brought into that squad, I think they'll be in a far better situation than they are. Um, they did start getting results, fair play. Um, I, th- I genuinely thought Everton were going to pull a couple out the bag today. So did I. For them not to do that, wow, I am shocked by that. Because um, I spoke to a couple of the Blues as well. Um, they got rid of Lampard and waited a week before they got Dice before that was over the line. I think that's criminal. Um, but I'm not going to really be too sad about that because they can go down and stay down for all I care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, I'd say Chelsea. I'd say Chelsea. Um, what the, People think that they don't have a plan, but what you're seeing with them is they're starting to get the, the legs out the door when are starting to go. Jorginho's won a lot of things. Don't get me wrong, he's, a, he's won a lot. But he's at 31 going on to 32. They're bringing in young talent in all positions across the pitch. They're planning for the next five or six years. So bringing Enzo into that, it's a terrifying prospect, as long as it gels. Um, my only worry for Chelsea is how long is Potter going to last with this with these names? Um, a lot of money. It's probably not him buying these players or choosing these players. And is it going to be an overwhelming situation for him? It could be the case. Yeah. Uh, did you uh, did I'm hoping everybody got the chance to see the Mark Kukurea interview? Yes. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Tell them what happens, That's... just in case people haven't seen it. So Mark Kukurea is doing an interview for Chelsea in-house TV, and the question that's asked to him is, "Who is the most intelligent player on the team?" And he answers very confidently, Jorginho. And he starts to try to explain how smart Jorginho is, and the guys off camera have to be like. I don't think he plays for us anymore. And you get to watch Mark Kukurea live here that somebody who he obviously got along with is now playing for Arsenal. Quite delightful. Quite delightful. Uh, check that out. Kev, who's, uh, whose business has caught your eye? Um, there's two, really. Arsenal have done well. They've brought in... They've done probably the best of the sides that are in the top four. They've given themselves a, a good chance of Holding on, really, you know. Um, I don't get the Jorginho one. I don't get that deal at all. Um, 12 million for a guy, like I said, 31, 32 years of age, whose legs have clearly gone, to stand in for Thomas Partey, who's the engine room of that Arsenal side, is bizarre. 
I mean, yeah, he's got experience to burn, but anyone who's watched him this season can see how much... He, he's fallen off a cliff in exactly the same way as Fabinho and Jordan Henderson have. You know, the cliff is like well-occupied with players that went and played what, what's 50 the plus games deal? last year. Uh, 2024. So it's only an 18-month deal. It's an 18-month month. deal, but they've, they've paid 12 million quid for him. Plus, I think he was on... Five million a year wages at Chelsea, so he they'd have matched that. 180,000 a week, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so it's it's by far from a cheap deal. And we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. You know, possibly have anything to do with somebody's bail not lasting until the end of the season. Possibility, yeah, well, but you know, well, we won't. That was the, no, but if that was the case, they'd have kept Lukonga around. The other yeah. one for me was Brighton holding off Arsenal for Moses Caicedo. Well, the fact that he's they made did... a... Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll have money going in a minute. Go on. Yeah, Go on. he's made a pig's ear of it, but the, the fact that uh, they did what Dortmund did to Manchester United with Jadon Sancho first time round is basically, look, that's the price, meet it, or go away and come back when you've got a better offer. And they literally just... They held a the nerve. They wanted to keep the player. They're in sixth place in the league. With a, I think they have one or two, one game in hand to Spurs. They have a real shot at getting into Europe legitimately this season. And the fact that he changed his agent, uh, I mean, you carry on, Gav. You know, what he did was ridiculous, but hopefully he'll <coughs> learn from it. I think, I think Arsenal have done well. The Trossard one is a really good bit of business because when you look at Martinelli and Saka have been brilliant, um, Jesus has been out. Wasn't in great form, but he was knitting everything together for them. And Inketi has come in and been like a sensation for them, you know. But it's a long season, you know. And Saka Martinelli will see drops at times. Um, and even Inketi might see drops. And Trossard's the sort of fella that can play anywhere across that front three. And he has got experience in the Premier League of playing a fair amount of games in it, I think, as well. I'm not too sure how many games he's played in the Premier League, but he's been around a couple of years, you know. He's he can see a season now. Um, I think that's a really good bit of business. He's a much better player than people actually give him credit for. And I think it was 27 million, which is nothing nowadays, isn't it? Not really. Um, the Jorginho one, I kind of see what they're trying to do. Like the 18-month deal, that's why I asked on the length of it. Because I'd say what they're going to do is they're going to bring him in. They'll look to bring another one in in the summer. And you'll probably see Jorginho leave this time next year. Do you know that sort of way? And 12 million quid means nothing to them, especially if it helps them over the line in a Europa League or a, or a league title or whatever. So that's a really good. They've also signed a Polish fella who plays centre-back or midfield. So they've strengthened in these positions. I don't think they're going to do anything else in the next 30 minutes or whatever. But overall, Arsenal have not gone too... They tried to go drastic with Saicedo, but they haven't gone too drastic. They've just kind of went one up front. It's an extra bit. You know, Smith Rowe has been out injured and continues to be so. That kind of makes sense with Trossard. One in midfield, which is fine. The Congo wasn't really getting a look in. They're probably still a bit light in there, but 
Jorginho's experience probably helps them out and can probably people are saying about if Partey goes out but Partey plays alongside Jacket. you know what I mean so you can Jacket for me not the most mobile player in the world gets his footy and good left foot Jorginho's a bit the same so you could probably rotate with Jacket a bit more than Partey for me and then at the back they've brought in a centre back because Saliba and and um, Gabriel isn't it um, yeah. they've been fairly ever present and just another guy in there to bring in and bring him into the side 20 30 minutes here and there and blood him in as the season goes and you can get away with it a little bit in certain games maybe i think they i think they've been really good the soisado thing is absolutely insane though because moses soisado even when he came back from the world cup was at 60 million quid right 50 to 60 million that was the number there was nowhere no nowhere north of that it was like this guy's played something like 31 games in in england he's been really really good um but 60 million brighton you know, now Trossard's sale might have just, mm, yeah, Brighton and wanted to sell too, but what is he doing coming out on social media? That only makes Brighton turn around and go, we've sold Cucciarella for 60 million quid here. We've sold Trossard for 27 million here. You know, we're in the Premier League. We make a lot of money. We don't need to sell you, okay? And this is the way we're going to go about it. If he goes privately and says, look, is there any chance we can do something here? He might have got it done. But by doing that, I just looked and went. And that's when I knew Liverpool weren't involved. That's when I yeah. knew Liverpool weren't involved when I seen that going on. I actually thought it was Chelsea. That's what I thought was going on. Um, but he, he absolutely wrecks it for himself. Now, I could be wrong. In 20 minutes' time, he could be announced as an Arsenal player. But he absolutely wrecks it for himself. And Brighton have just decided, no, we're not getting fucked around here. And as Kev said, they're in a really good position to challenge to get into Europe. You know, and what's, what's Europe worth them? Um, so... Overall, I think Arsenal have been really good. Chelsea are just signing that many players I can't keep up. They're probably all brilliant. Um, but I just can't keep up. You know you'd have done well today in Sabitzer because Ericsson's um, thing. And Vekors is doing the job that he's meant to do for them. Big, strong, links play a little bit, gets the odd goal. But um, other than that, it's it's been fairly uneventful for me. Nottingham Forest is just mad. Yeah. Like If Forest go down, what goes on there? Do you know what I mean? Look, to me, what the, goes biggest, on? the biggest shock—the biggest shock of the window to me was the immediacy of Jao Cancelo being gone. Of just like that story came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden it was like, and Cancelo looks like he's going to Bayern, and it's done. He's gone to Bayern. Like, yeah, but I think that's been going on for a little while because he's been out of that side a little bit, and there was Mormons a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't happy, and then apparently there was a big bust up when he wasn't in the team to face Arsenal in the FA Cup, where City were said to be resting a couple and. Cancelo will consider himself probably should be in the fourth team because they've a young fella playing a right back, haven't they? And yeah. um, yeah, you know they they he probably thought well I'm definitely playing in that. All right, I'm not getting in the team at the moment, but I'm definitely playing. And then he doesn't, and then it's like right. And I actually I actually seen a stat on Cancelo that he hadn't been involved in a Manchester City win from the start of a game since October, and during the World Cup Portugal dropped him to the bench. He's hmm. he's another one. He's he's his form has fallen off a cliff, and he had a parting dig at Pep as well, that he joined Bar- Bayern Munich uh, to win the Champions League. Hmm. You know, yeah, so well that, that that looks like it's a loan. Is there an obligation to buy at the end of that? Or an option? Oh, there's yeah. an op- the option is seventy million euro, but okay. that's up to Bayern. I mean, the Sabitzer one for me. Sabitzer hasn't completed ninety minutes since September. You know, he's back up to Fred and McTominay. And yeah, he's all right. But I think he's played one minute of football in the last 
three games for Bayern. His move to Bayern has been a complete flop, to be honest. He's got two years left in his deal there, two and a half years left in his deal. The hope is he can go to Manchester United and revive himself and become an asset that they can sell in the summer. But his career... So there's no option to buy at Sabitzer? No. No, it's, it's just a straight loan. Just straight a straight loan. loan. Mohamed, yeah. with a super chat, he says, deflate, we didn't sign him at field. Our mountain of work to do in the summer. Our rivals will do more business, so will we even catch up? Is it is it all doom and gloom, lads? Yeah? Is it like, we're all, yeah. it's finished? <laughs> yeah. No. I've just seen something come out before, um, which I thought was a bit mad, and it's usually something FSG do. But Carragher putting on about the sell of Melwood to LFC ladies. Yeah. That's... that's... So Liverpool sell Melwood to... Carragher and Fowler. Yeah. And now it looks like Liverpool might be buying it back to house the women's team in it. Mental. But but I'd imagine there's more to it than that. Because I think ultimately their goal is to move the women's team away from playing games at Tranmere and to build a purpose-built maybe seven, eight thousand seaters, ten thousand seater stadium there over time. Um, I mean, there was <laughs> it was funny enough. Chris put out a tweet earlier on the the women it's the women's side of both five players in all freeze and. Mm. You know, they'll stay safe and they'll stay in the WSL. But in the WSL today, there was a Arsenal and Manchester United at a tug of war over a player that would have been the most expensive player in women's football history at £500,000. Yeah. So that shows you the disparity in the game <clears throat> between the obscene figures you're, you're seeing spent by all clubs in the Premier League this, this window. Because there is one thing that can be said about this transfer window as a whole across all of the clubs, there's not one bit of value in any of it. Nothing. It, it's been a horrific window in terms of uh, trying to find something for good value for money. It's like European clubs now have decided, look, if the Premier League come calling and it doesn't matter who you are, what club you are, you're going to get hammered and you're going to pay a maximum price for everything especially in January, and when your back is against the wall. Enzo Fernandez is a prime example. Good player, had a really good World Cup, won the World Cup, fantastic. He's achieved nothing in football as a, a, a club level, apart from having a really good season at Benfica, and he's moving for a British record transfer fee? I mean, come on. You know, where's the rhyme and logic and reason for that? And the, the, apparently the payment structure that Chelsea wanted to do, Benfica disagree, wouldn't do. They wanted the 105 million over t- in three payments over two years, and if Chelsea have agreed to that, it really could hamper them and what they're able to do going forward. Because any club now looking to buy a Chelsea player know what Chelsea have to sell in the summer, and they can drive that price down as long as the player makes it known that I only want to go to that club. I.e. Mason Mount. If Mason Mount becomes available in the summer and says, "Look, I want to go to say Manchester United. I will only go to Manchester United." The Manchester United can hammer them down on a price because they have to sell. You know, they've in some ways, yeah, they've strengthened their team, and as long as everything gels, they've committed to an awful lot of money over the next seven years. But it could really hamper them down the line in the same way as it did with Atletico Madrid when they've got their takeover. They signed Joe Felix for a ridiculous amount of money on a seven and a half year contract, and he's on loan at Chelsea now. Sal Nogues, they couldn't wait to get him out on loan because he was on a ridiculous amount of money. And they guaranteed him a pay rise every year, but they signed him to a seven-year contract. 
and then during the third or fourth year, he was on over 200 grand a week, playing crap and guaranteed four more pay rises. And they're, they're stuffed with him, and it's cost them massively. So much so that they've had to go to Barcelona from Memphis to Pi for two million. You know, it does this if this all works out peachy for Chelsea, so many things have to fall in place for it to be absolutely right. There's so many things that can go really badly wrong for them in the next two seasons. And who knows if Graham Potter isn't the manager and they bring someone else in, is he gonna fancy half of these players? You know, is it I a case that from now on they're gonna sign head coaches? Yeah, I, the- I get the feeling that Chelsea though, if if Potter isn't picking these players. There's probably oh, no. an agent. There's probably an agent of a manager walking in the background, helping with these signings. Where it's like they're really good players. Give them to him. If it doesn't work, though, we have a guy over here that loves all these players and would love to work with them. Uh, can I ask you a question? Um, we're talking about who's had a good window and stuff like that. But when you look down the bottom, um, you know, Southampton have done a bit. Bournemouth have done a bit. Um, I don't know what Wolves have done. For, you know, uh, Forest have done a bit. Um, Leeds got Weston McKinney, which is a really good signing. But go on, I go Dom and then Matt and then Kev, whatever. But Dom, down the bottom, when you look at this window for where their people are in the league and what they've done, who do you fear or who who have you who you who you have worries over? Ooh, I think Everton are definitely down. Um, you can come back to this one. Uh, it is what it is. I I think by them not improving, well, you know, we've still got time. It might be a different thing. But I think by them not improving, by bringing Dyche in and expecting him to keep them up without maybe his players, I think it's just asking too much. Um, so that they're my 100%. Um, I did look around and think the likes of Bournemouth would get dragged into it, Wolves would get dragged into it, um, potentially Leeds. But I thought the Western McKenney signing, I think it's fantastic business. How they've pulled that out, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was brilliant in the World Cup. Um, he's coming for really, a I think that's how. Yeah, he's a so- well, yeah, he's a solid player, but I would have expected more club stuff around him. Um, I, I can't really say other than one one team that hasn't strengthened. I did think Bournemouth would get dragged in. They've spent a lot of money, fifty million, on two signings uh, recently, and if it doesn't work out for them and they take longer, I think they'll be in that dogfight. Southampton the same. They've got a lot of youth in the side, not much experience. It, it, it could be anyone out of the maybe bottom six or seven. Um, I, I expect West Ham to improve. I can't see them being dragged into it. Um, I think Moises know how in the Premier League and how to win games will get them through that. But yeah, it's, it's, there's quite a few teams that could get dragged into this, but I can't say who for definite other than the other yeah. side. Yeah, because like... Um... Jono says there they had to bring in Deutsch. What other option did he have? No, I don't. I don't think that's the point. I think the fact that they let Lampard go. You said it earlier, Dom. They let Lampard go, and they wait nearly a week to get yeah. Deutsch in, and they only announced him yesterday. So they announced him thirty six hours before the window well, closes. Just on that, Gav, do you think they've done that knowing that they might not have been able to get signings in, or they never had the funds I think available? So. I, I think, I think, honestly. I think Deutsch goes there and they say to him, listen, Sean, we've no fucking money. Mm. Right? That money that's gone on what's-his-face, um, 40 million on whatever, and it's just, we needed that in. You know what I mean? We actually needed that just to cover whatever. And he's agreed to it. He's clearly read a script when he's reading out all the lovely words he says um, um, about Everton. 
and they they both agree look let's just make it a really good news day on monday and we'll we'll barrel through tuesday and from wednesday almost the work starts and like genuinely if if they don't bring anybody in um he has one like i'll put it this way if they don't bring anybody in that would be a fucking miracle if he keeps them up. And I mean yeah. that. And I know they're only three points off safety, but it would be an absolute miracle because when I look at them, and look, we're playing them in two weeks, we could we could, we could lose to them because like, Liverpool yeah. are all over the fucking place. And people are telling you there, Liverpool are 12 points off the relegation zone. You know what I mean? And like, you laugh about that, but that's the, the cold hard truth of it. And Liverpool don't look like winning a football match at the moment. And that's just the way it is. But with Everton... They're literally going. They're going to place all their eggs in a Sean Dyche basket that was relegated last season, more mm. or less. He was sacked be, before um, they were relegated, but he was the main man at Burnley for the vast majority of it. And it's just a two and a half year deal. I get the feeling that Sean Dyche and everything have agreed. Listen, you do your absolute best with what you have there. If we stay up, brilliant. If we go down, you stay on as manager. In the championship with us. That's that's what it feels. It feels a bit to me like a bit of forward planning, no matter what way it goes, that Sean Dyche oh. should be ever the manager come next season. That's that's what I feel. Matt, go on, you can have a go on who you're worried for. I, I really like the Dom, you're the first person I've heard mention the idea of them timing it in such a way to cover up the fact that they've got no money to bring any players in. Because you just look at their transfers and it's just Anthony Gordon leaving for forty million pounds. And I think when all of us saw that, they presume I presume that they'd get two, three players, bang, like mm-hmm. that. That Deitch would have a list there of, I want this, this, and this, you know, bring me a couple old Burnley guys in that company's willing to let get rid of sort of thing, maybe. Nothing's happened for them. It's it's just not a good look. And it's the only thing that can keep you from being doom and gloom as a Liverpool fan today. At the end of the day, our window saw us bring in Cody Gakpo. Think about him what you will. And all Everton did was lose one of their only players who might know where the net is. I'd, yeah, I that's think, that's I the big worry. Because Deutsch, Deutsch can definitely get them, you know, defending better. He'd probably go with a, yeah. a back five. He made it. Apparently, I think they he went back four. slog to play against. Everton is Yeah, but, but the, I think they always kind of went 4-4-2. Four, four, Apparently, you know, Tarkowski and me were a centre-back. And yeah. they were really strong. But... I think Burnley have more of a trek going forward than Everton have. You know, Bar the Murray Gray, I just look at that Everton striker line and go, what is there? Like Dwight McNeil, he, he knows him from Burnley. But, you know, and it, it just feels so toothless. And Andre Ayew was being linked and stuff. Like, it's it's just, I think Dom's right. I think they've timed it where it's like a good news day on Monday because... We'll just get through Tuesday and then see where we go. Kev, are you worried for Everton or anybody else or Liverpool? As a matter as, as yeah, a... Everton are in deep trouble. I mean, the fact is they had forty-five million up front. They got that payment up front from Newcastle for uh, Anthony Gordon. Um, it's massive that they didn't do anything with it. You know, um, if it and if it's a case that they need that funds to function as a club between now and the end of the season, they're in a lot more trouble than anyone thought. Um, Scandalous, really, that they haven't signed anyone. Southampton have done a few biz, a few bits. There's Salawamina, I think his name is. Twenty-two million was paid for him in this. I don't know if it was Bournemouth or Southampton he's gone to. I can't remember off the top of my head. But they signed him from Wren, twenty-two-year-old winger, and 
if he carries on playing how he plays, he's going to be a frightening player in the future. I think with Southampton, he's gone to. He could be the next. He could be their their Sadio Mane in a few years' time. They've gone back to that model of buying that player who's just about to break through, needs a couple of years of exposure at a top at a, at a top level, and look to sell him on. Uh, Leeds done good business, yeah, hundred percent. West Ham have done nothing, and given the how stale that. Danny Ings. Danny Ings. Oh. Danny Ings, yeah, but where's Danny Ings? Injured again. <laughs> He's out for three weeks. He is. This is the thing. Has you he can't played? trust him. What? For, he come on a sub appearance. He's come um, on a sub, yeah. No yeah. way. Right, there's yeah. breaking news there. Spurs seal a deal for Pedro Poirot, loan with an obligation to buy in the summer. Right. Uh, £39 million, right wing back. £39 uh, million. £39 million. Pounds. Wow. Is he the one that um, was at Spurs and they let him go? No, oh, is that that's Marcus Edwards, uh, mm. the winger. But Pedro Porro, Spanish, uh, plays. He's been at Sporting Lisbon for for a while. He was at City. Uh, yeah, he was a City originally. Then he went to Sporting, and he's kicked on again. But he's he's rapid. He's got he's got an engine on him to get up and down, and he's he can put quality into the box. Down, sports well, wingbacks just stay back. This is this is the thing. Nobody. He's not very good defensively. Okay. Yeah, defensively, he's a he, he's an issue, but going forward, he's an absolute bundle of energy. But they did the same. This is how this is very similar kind of a signing to um, Regulon. So right. Regulon in Spain was really good. They got him in, and yeah, he had a really good few months when he first came into the club, and then he he just disappeared. You know, he's back in Spain now. And Jed long. Spence gone out on loan from Jed Spence well, has gone out. Yeah, he's yeah he's gone out on loan to Ryan Gill. Yeah, that Ryan Gill. He's gone back to Spain again. Same club. I think it's, I don't know if it's Seville yeah. or Real Betis. Yeah, Seville. Seville. Oh, and what's his name? Um, Hector Bellerin has gone to Sporting Lisbon from Barcelona. Yeah, well, that makes sense because of the yeah. parcel. But, but didn't Hector Bellerin turn up at Barcelona when they needed players and Pretty much, paying yeah. them a 10 or a week or something? But it's. Um, one, thing, I want, one thing I wanted to ask you. The Jet Spence one is weird. No, it's not. He, Conte never wanted him in the first no, place. No, I'm not saying. I'm not, going to Rennes is a bit weird. No, it's a good, it's a really because, good place to go. Good young no, what I'm saying is he was really good in the championship with Forrest on yeah. loan from Middlesbrough. Right. Sports come in and pay a load of money for him. Right? Have they've loaned him out to Ren. Like, why aren't they loaning them? Why aren't they going to Forrest and going, listen, you love players? Right? You really love players. <laughs> and this you know this fella is good. What do you do you fancy this for six months? Like I reckon there's a probable Williams Forrest. They didn't need another But this right I think there's a problem with Premier League clubs and you saw it with uh, Fulham today with they signed Cedric they had to make the oh what's his name Ireland International Shane Duffy yeah. they had to make him permanent you're only allowed to sign two players from English clubs in the Premier League so it might just be a case that the clubs they wanted to deal with or who would have taken a, a wing back who plays with a back three really he is a wing back how many of those are able to take a player on loan and need a, a wing back like Jed Spence. I think Ren is a good move for him. It takes him out of the spotlight. He can go and play. He'll play in he France. And it's a really good from the spotlight this year, Kev. He it's a, no, it's a really good development league. It's a good development club. They really are very good at uh, bringing players through, and it'll do mm. him no harm to go away and learn his trade. But the thing is, when the manager doesn't want you at the club, and he's made a play in his day, he doesn't want him there. He was brought in over his head and. 
he had to go. He had to go somewhere. It just so happens that they got. I just the think. I just uh, think if he's if he's so highly rated, like mm. you know, even the likes of a Newcastle. Five going minutes in and to going, go. Yeah, five minutes. Um, but the likes of a Newcastle going in and saying he's really fucking good. We let's go with him fifteen million for him. Take him out of there, and you know what I mean. If if it doesn't happen, we make our money back. But if it does, he's a good backup for Trippier. You know the sort of way something along yeah, them lines. Yeah. I just I don't know like. Maybe a missed opportunity, like a loan to Ren with no, it's just a straight loan, I presume. Yeah. But I think it might be a little bit of a missed opportunity for a club to come in there and go, tell you what, can we have him on loan and we pay you 15 million, an option, and see how he goes? And you might you might end up making your money on him or, you know, seeing his full potential. But maybe, 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 yeah. Maybe with Spurs, though, I think like these signings that they're pulling out the bag, they, they pull players out the bag, 40 million here and there, and they still complain that they're not signing anyone. Conte has had a lot of money, a lot of money, and he seems to dig his heels in. He seems to get these signings over the line, and then when he doesn't like someone, he just washes his hands with them and then sees his own backside, doesn't he? So if this doesn't go well, how many right-backs are they going to go through before they actually keep one? <clears throat> well, the thing, with, the thing with Conte is is that, like, there's a bit of unrest of spores as well because the talk is is that the owner will be willing to listen to offers for his share. And Conte is known for not sticking around for too long. You know, if Spurs finish sixth or something like that, you know, um, or seventh or whatever it might be, Conte would be just like, I'm not interested in this. Like, he, he only wants to manage in the Champions League, let's be honest about it. He wants to go into Champions League clubs, spend two, two and a half years there, try to win something and move on, you know, on to the next one. Um, because his style, not even style of football, I just think the way he works, you'll only get two years out of it where players are going to go yeah I'll go with this and then people, players are going to go oh, not interested you know the sort of way so it, it's the Spurs one is a bit mad and Air runs a bit mad and the Chelsea stuff it's all a bit mad when you think about it we haven't even touched on United you know United usually if they're in this position where they're playing well they just go bang we're signing a big one here you know we're going to whether that's a Berbatov or someone like that but nothing really seems to be going on there and Everything is a bit mad at the moment, right down to what's going on at City. Like even that Cancelo one is a bit strange. Like you'd expect City to get rid of him and just pull one out of the bag today, you know. Like with their power, with their financial power, they go. There's a problem with Cancelo here. Let's go and we're going to sign this fella because Cancelo's gone. Newcastle's mad. I seen the other day Newcastle spent three hundred million pound without taking a penny back in on selling players, which is insane. Um, so all of them are a bit mad on different levels. Um. But we we wait and see. But you know, it's the window's just about to close, and yeah, um, still nothing coming well, through on anything. I just learned of it's moved. Iosi Perez left yes. Leicester, went to Celta Vigo or Betis, maybe Betis. Yeah, Betis. Yeah, and Torgan Hazard is at PSV on loan from Dortmund. He's gone there. Okay. Yeah, it said it said that uh, Hazard went to management at Dortmund and said he wanted a loan so he could actually play more. Yeah, fair play, sir. Yeah. You get you'll always get a few like that. I'll just mm. see a six month gap to try to do something and get a move. And but like, there's just there's just loads of it's it's all genuinely when you look at some of all the clubs nearly are going to go. That's mad, isn't it? You know, right through. Like we've spoken about how many clubs tonight, and you kind of go, that's a bit mad. You know, Forest, Everton, you know, 
Arsenal makes sense in fairness, but Chelsea's mad. There's just loads of it there. Um, but look, the window will close now, and then we just have to get back to the football, unfortunately. Well, um, just just before we do that, just um, with Liverpool, I'm really looking forward to this window going closing because <laughs> yeah. I think it might, you know, it is what it is. Once it's closed, it's done, and we can stop going on about signs. Someone, it's not happening. But it won't. No, it's well. Genuinely, it won't. <laughs> It won't. It's like all you're going to hear from tomorrow right through to the 28th of May, I think, when the season ends, is all about Liverpool transfers, who they're in for, who they're not in for, why they weren't in for people. That's all you're going to hear. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, didn't. Yeah. Exactly. No, it'll be a couple months of shoulda, woulda, coulda. And then yeah. we can start looking forward to the next window. It's all it ever is. Close now, anyway. It's all done. I'm not all done to any window. <laughs> now, who wants who wants to guess which one Sky Sports will come out with now in the next 90 seconds going? It's a late deal. And they're just waiting to see if they've got the paperwork in on time. You know, um, who will it well, be? Well, I don't, I don't know if the Enzo Fernandez deal has gone through. Oh, I thought I would Paulson say it is. said in the chat that it was reported on the BBC for yeah. British Rec 105. Mate, I've got the Sky Transfer Centre up on another screen, and it's literally a lot of talk and a lot of it's almost there. It's very close. Well, that that'll um, be the one that's talking about what is being done. Yeah, yeah, look, it's just going to they'll, they'll just apply that's for the drama. Yeah. There wasn't that one years ago where Jermaine Defoe moved about two days after the transfer yeah. window and it was like how were you doing this and they were like oh no like they had the things in at 5 to 12 but the, you know yeah. it just took ages to process Chris, like, Chris <laughs> Goldie makes a good point there Yuri Tillemans, Tillemans. is still at mm-hmm. Leicester yeah you know all of the like James Madison is still <laughs> at Leicester all of the talk through the window and before the window X player Y player will be up for sale ends up Fernandez aside is there anyone who any midfielder in this window that's moved? Do you think? Yeah, we really missed the trick on that one. I'd say Weston McKinney maybe one. Mm. But well, if he if he'd have kept us, if he'd have done the right things, it's Moises yeah. Saicedo. I think. Yeah. The, 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 I was on a Brighton pod yesterday, and I said to the guys that I was on there with, there was a way to do that Caicedo deal for any club who wanted them to go in two weeks before the window opened get the deal quietly agreed that it was just a case of look this is how much how much you want this is how much we're willing to pay get it done they quietly let brighton go and get their business done without advertising the fact that they've got a rake of money to invest now the window's closed everyone knows he's going to be going in the summer brighton are going to be there's no point in being cash rich with a day to go on the transfer windows it's absolutely pointless they did the right thing but they're going to walk into the summer and he'll be one of the first ones out the door. Forrest will have Shelby on a two and a half year deal. Brighton will be um, really cash rich coming into the summer. And clubs will see them coming. So they know the model now. If someone is, go- if Brighton are going after a player, it's because he's highly rated. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and they so won't I, be able to get a free run at, at a lot of players anymore. Uh, Sean says, I agree if FSG don't sell before the summer, Klopp will walk. You see, that's fine if you say that, right? But my thing on that is, is that you don't know, and I don't know, Ooh. what is actually happening. Like, they, genuinely, they could be all sitting in a room going, lads, we're not going to do anything this summer, or this January. Um, we, we have this done, and we have that done, and we're looking to do this. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'll, do you know what? I'll go with these lads, and Wherever we be, we'll be once you're on the understanding that it could go wrong and we could end up and they're going, Yeah, don't worry about it. We don't know. Like and and there's actually more evidence that Klopp is towing an FSG line than Klopp is turning around and has an issue with FSG. Yeah. That's the truth. Like and I know it's hard to listen to, but that is the truth. If you take it if you yeah. if you watch what Jurgen Klopp says, he says it right in front of you on a screen out of his own mouth you don't have to read it or a paraphrased or fucking broken down into nice fucking tweets where people go what the fuck and it turns out you didn't read the whole comment if you watch what Jurgen Klopp says there is more of an argument to say he's aligned with FSG than he is upset that's yeah. the truth you know what I mean and that's why like they all should be blamed as a collective if you're going to blame them yeah. blame them as a collective you may want FSG out of the club you may feel, which I I think, they they would struggle to compete because of what's going elsewhere, right? What's going on elsewhere? But if you're going to if you're going to tell them they're great from whatever year to whatever year because they've won all this stuff and they play brilliant football and giving you some of the best days and nights and hangovers of your life, you you do as a collective, you know, Klopp is this and Klopp great, build a statue of Edwards, you know, um, and now when this is happening, it's like it's definitely that and it's that it's not. It's a collective. It's a collective. It's the owners. It's the, the recruitment team. It's the an, the analytics within the team. It's the manager. It's the assistant manager. It's the players. It's a collective of what's going wrong at Liverpool. 100%. And as a collective, they need to sort it. Right? But we heard it in the summer. We heard it a little bit coming up to January. But then again, that's all rumour and speculation. But we're literally down from me to a last chance alone to sort this squad. Genuinely, right? Because if you, wherever you think of whatever player, right, on the evidence of what you see in front of you, right, you need to do something to this squad and you need to do something drastic if you want to compete in any way. Forget the financial side of it. Just to compete to win games of football at this stage, you need to do something. And that's where Liverpool stand at the moment. And that's where I keep going back to it. And, you know, I've had mates say to me, Gav, they're never going to tell you what's going on. I don't expect them to tell you everything, but some if we, if we got some little bit of just assurance from the club, yeah, it's bad. I've said it earlier. Yeah, it's bad, but we're working on it, and don't don't worry, we're fully committed to making this right and stuff like that. People would actually take that and go, that's fine. Majority would take it and go, that's fine. Let's walk through the season. Let's support it to the end of the season. Whatever it will be, will be. And they've told us this is what's going to happen. But right now, there's nothing there. There's nothing there, and you can argue it. Any which way but loose, but it's. I'm telling you, it's 
it's it's all just speculation in, in most people's brains. That's all it is. But the only thing that's happened see? here at the minute, uh, Manchester United yeah. put a late deal sheet in for Sabitzer that hasn't been confirmed yet. Uh, oh, they've got an hour. Days ago. No, they put a. <clears throat> they filed a deal sheet before eleven. So they've got until midnight to finalise the loan. Apparently, it's, it is on track, so it should get done. Yeah, Other than that, the there's, Shelby's got his pictures in the Nottingham Forest shirt, blah, blah, blah. And that's about it. There's nothing else happening at the minute. LFCR786 says, please answer me. Do you really <laughs> think Klopp would torn down the $75 million needed to get Saicedo this January, genuinely? Well, we don't... We all love Moises Saicedo as a player. But again... Nothing has come out of Liverpool Football Club to say that they're looking at Moises Saicedo. Nothing. Right? We all love him as a player. We think 70 million, go and sign him. Absolutely. I'd give it tomorrow. 70, 75, I'm the manager. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, is that if you're going to if you're going to criticise them, it has to be as a collective until you know what's going on. You know what I mean? You ha- like It's like you see a group of people and something's happened and you go, well, one of them done it. So we get all the, we have to question all this group of people. We can't just decide that it was him and we just say it's him and that's it. Right? And this is what I'm saying. Would he turn it down? I don't know. But you have to remember the words our Klopp's mouth was all our issues can't be sorted with just money. That's what he said. All our issues at the moment cannot just be sorted with money. Okay? Then he says nothing will happen in the transfer window. He's clearly said in the last while that, you know, I'm happy with what well, he said this in the summer. And then he kind of half admits and gets a player that doesn't play. And still doesn't go and do it. Like LFCRs at 76, come on, Gav. What do you want me to say to you? What do you want me to say to you? Klopp the wouldn't turn it down. So, okay. Well, tell you what. No, hold on, hold on. No, Klopp would not turn it down, right? So now, now we're going to blame the people that give Klopp the money and say, you didn't give Klopp the money, right? But I'm also telling you that Klopp would, could do anything. Could do anything. He, he offered that player, not the right player. They went in for sure many in the summer. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. And what happened? They didn't sign another midfielder. Why? Because the talk was, is that now Klopp wanted him. That's who he wanted. And he wasn't willing to go anywhere else. So, this is what I'm saying to you. It's all the time. It's, this is, we always have to pick a side and go bang. Blame the whole lot of them. Blame the whole lot of them. Because you know what? If, if they made two signings in this January and went and got top four, what would we do at the end of the season? Oh, fair play to the club. They got them two signings done. Fair play to Julian Ward. Fair play to Jurgen Klopp. Fair play to him. And everyone will get a slap on the fucking back. Right? Everyone, do you know why they all get a slap on the back? Because nobody really knows what they fucking do or who had what input. So just slap them all on the back. So if that's the case, you have to go back and turn around and say, all of them are at fault. What is Pep Linders saying? What is your... And Pep Linders has a right to fucking say something. He's the assistant manager of the football club. It's not like he's just there in title and go, make him assistant and he doesn't really do anything. He does loads. Jurgen Klopp is the manager. Does Julian Ward is recruitment. John W. Henry. Uh, Gordon. They're all in it. Every one of them are in it. Every one of them in it. Do you know what I mean? And, like, someone says there, we've done 8 million, eight, uh, 8 million for 12 minutes play for, for Mello. Who made that decision? <coughs> Who made that decision? Well, what do we do there? We'll just turn and we blame one person on that. That is not what happens. Manager sits down with assistant manager, recruitment, maybe a part of the ownership team with regards to the finances and says, are we all good with that? Yeah, go and do that. Are we all good with that? No, we won't do that. That's what happens. And listen, 
FSG could leave the club tomorrow. I don't really give a fuck. They could leave the club tomorrow, right? But when they leave the club, right, if or when they leave the club and people come in, you might see Klopp open up a little bit. You might see a little bit opening up. But right now, everything that comes out of Jurgen Klopp's mouth, which is very little, doesn't tell you that he has a problem with FSG. So he's part of the process here. Do you know what I mean? And that's all I'm saying. Trust the process. What? Trust the process. Trust the process. It all comes full circle. But I, I, I agree with you, Gav. I said this months ago that all it would take would be one little side comment from Jurgen Klopp at a press conference to just let on the tiniest little bit that he's getting fucked by the owners, that he's gone to the owners and asked for something and they're not giving it to him. He just, and this is a man who's managed for what, 22 years, a thousand games. He knows how to play the press conference game as good as just about anybody. All he'd have to do is just one little comment and the fan base would take up on it and be entirely on his side and put FSG in an almost untenable position, but it hasn't happened. Like, is it towing the line if you agree with the like where the line's drawn, yeah, but but you see the thing is then, you know, when when I look at it, it's there's tone the line, but when you when even when I say it looks like more like Klopp, Klopp's tone the line, he's saying very little. He's saying very little. Like, do you know what I mean? The only thing he's really said in this window was. All their problems can't be sorted. We just spend the money, right? And then he says nothing's gonna happen in the window. Do you know what I mean? And even at that, Liverpool are limited in who they can bring in anyway because Liverpool, as a club, have walked themselves into this situation. They can't sign a foreign player unless he drops someone out of the squad, right? And he doesn't do that. He hasn't got form for doing it. They'd have to sign a homegrown player. My preference, if it's a homegrown player, should have been. If you want Mason Mount, go and ask for a loan. We're an obligation to buy. Go and loan um, the other fella at, at Gallagher at Chelsea. Go and do something that's homegrown. But they haven't because they've because as a club and as a collective, they've walked themselves into this situation. And it's up to them as a collective, whether that's Klopp and FSG or Klopp and new owners, to get themselves out. And right now, they to get themselves out and sort this squad out becoming, for me, where it's a massive issue like a massive issue where you're not talking three or four players, you're talking seven, eight. They need to do something in the summer. End of story. Yeah. And if they do it in the summer, I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it if they do it in the summer and they start flying next season, everyone will get a tap on the back. Everyone. Of course. Right? Of course they will. But if they don't do it, we'll just zone in on this or that without any evidence of it whatsoever. And that's not me defending any of them because I think it's a shit show at the minute an absolute shit show from top to bottom in in the structure in what the plan is you know how we're playing for me everything at the moment is appalling will we get over i hope so but we're down to we're down to we're down to last chance i think to try to get it sort before it goes before it goes too far that comment you said before where clock come out and said our problems can't be solved with money. That's a bit of fifty-fifty for me. It can, because the problem yeah, yeah. is crying. Yeah. The problem is absolutely fucking screaming out to us in our face. Yes. The midfield is being walked over week in, week out. That now, issue. Now, if money doesn't solve that, yeah. yeah. What can? 
you know, because the players we've got at the club now, they're on a decline. Simple as that. There's two players there, Henderson and Fabinho, as much as I love the two of them and what they've done for us. Clearly, the legs have gone. And week in, week out, Thiago is carrying three players, well, carrying himself and two other players. Eventually, he's going to break down. Then what? This is, like I said earlier, this has been going on for years. And for us to be even having this conversation in 2023 is absolutely fucking bizarre. Mm. Um, and what I've, you, I've got in the summer is the English players that are going out the door. With them, we've got to bring homegrown in then. Of course. So, you know, where do we find them? If they're well, not available well, in January, well, we won't why would they be in short anyway? Yeah. I think we won't, and, and LFCR is back, and I'm delighted he or she is there because this is what it's all about. Trump commenting and letting us answer them, right? He said he or she says I'm not too sure if you're a man or a woman, so I won't, I won't presume. Um, says he literally said he'd like to see them take more risks. Yeah, everybody would, but the problem is they can't take the risks because they can't get players into the squad unless they get them out. And the thing is, behind it all comes back to the model of FSG. They don't throw money away. They don't throw. I'd love to see them say, listen, Ox, fair play to you. Unlucky. You have six months left. It's going to cost us fucking whatever to pay it off. Right? Six months pay is probably, I don't know, two million quid. Right? There's the two million and go. But he's a homegrown player. They're short one already. You know, nobody's come in and signed, tried to sign Nabi Kate on a pre-contract. Right? Where they could have said, well, that's freed up. You know, there's a nominal fee, we let them go. They can't take the risk because they, actually, they have taken risks and they've worked out so fucking badly for them. That's what it is. The risk was Ox, Chamberlain. You know what I mean? They were the risks. Arthur Mello on loan. You know, yeah, but it's, it's look, it's not nice at the minute. And we'll, we'll, all, we'll all disagree on loads, loads. Um, and, it's just one. Me, nobody like, will disagree. Nobody will disagree on the need to sign him. No, no, no. We all and, agree, and, we all said this in the summer. And LFC, also, all is, <clears throat> my friend, it always comes back to funds. Always, mate. If the money no, was there, he'd spend it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll tell you what. I'll tell well, you what. I want to throw this because Come on. you kind of you kind of you kind of mentioned this. So I'm just going to run through. I've got the transfers here sorted by highest value to lowest value. So if Enzo goes through, he'd be top. So let's go. Mudrik, Gordon, Gakpo, Badiashiel, Rutter, Madueke, Vitinha, Gusto, Zabarnier, Trossard, Utara, Vober, Gerson. I don't know how many names I listed off there. Gerson was the first midfielder on that list. With the exception of Anzo Fernandez at the very top, the most expensive permanent transfer midfield so far is 17.6 million pounds. Gerson from Marseille to Flamengo. Danilo from Palmeiras to Nottingham Forest, 16 million is the next one. Kev, is there a market for midfielders? Or is it so, like, are they such a hot commodity right now? Because if you look, nobody was screaming for us to sign Sabitzer at the start of the window. Nobody was saying we should go and test Jorginho's resolve at Chelsea at the start of the window. There's not a lot of midfielders that are moving even. There's not, but I think the issue we've got is, Everybody knows we're crying out for one. So when it comes to the summer, March, April, May, June onwards, they're going to add the value onto it anyway. We are desperate as a club, as a team, as a fan base for midfielders. And if people think that we're going to go out and spend 150 million, 130 million on Jude Bellingham and another two on top of that for 50, 60 million, 
fucking it must be <laughs> they must be crazy because it's not going to happen oh, i no. can only see personally the likes if jude is happening which you know it could be it might not be a couple of pre-contracts I can't see anything else. I can't see us going out and spending crazy money unless that ownership is changed by July. And from what I've seen in business, that doesn't happen in that short space of time. We've spent 150 million quid on forwards in the last three windows. So they three will windows. spend, the, yeah, one each and rebuilt the forward line. Start the, next, start the next season, Mo is the oldest forward that we have at the club. Mo and Bobby, if Bobby extends. If he doesn't, Gakpo is probably going to be a false nine going forward or a second striker. Go, going into next summer, you're going to sell um, Creeping Keller. That's nailed yeah. on. You'll you'll get twenty five to thirty million for him. You know he, he's well worth that. He's when when uh, Pickford moved from Sunderland to Everton, it was thirty five million pounds. So we have assets to sell as well. If Joe Gomez comes up for the for the to be available for a transfer, he will go for decent money. I doubt he That's will. I, I can't. Road. Yeah, but I can't see I can't see Gomez or Jones being allowed to leave. But one thing I noticed from this transfer window, we brought an awful lot of players back, young lads that came back from loan all over the place. Nobody came in for with a single offer for any of our players. No, throughout no. the whole throughout the whole window, nobody decided <laughs> to look at seeing. Is Carvalho available on loan? Yeah, but like you, you but when you're but there was players, no, there was there wasn't even a twig of an interest. There wasn't. Was I know, it? but but you see, you know, look at centre backs and stuff like that. Virgil is out. You know, um, Canate is out now as well, unfortunately. But you know, you're bringing like I don't think clubs are going to come in for that Phillips because they're looking at it going. They're not going. They're not going to sell him now at the minute. It's just no. the way it is. And you know what? I, I, I didn't quite get the stuff bringing them back from loan unless they've new deals to put, you know new loan deals they want to put them out somewhere else but that's boy the boy like you know what I mean it, it's still at the end of the day if you get 10 million for each of them players it's 20 million quid right where do you put them where do you put the player unless it's homegrown this is what I'm saying and, and I'm not disagreeing with anyone that says we should sign a midfielder I think we should have done two you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, and that's... Forget Bellingham for a minute. I think we should have done too. Because, you know, if you take more Klopp's comments where he went, these some players have been really good for us um, in the past and maybe that's it for them. He says that. So if that's it for them, you know, bring in two. But bring this is a two. question no one likes. If Bellingham does go to City, Chelsea, Real Madrid, PSG, whoever it is, then what? I, I, I keep going back to this question because I genuinely... We can't be in this situation again in 12 months' time. It, it, it's not going to be possible. There's a problem after coming up with Hakim Ziyech's deal to PSG. Yeah, they don't know if the papers are in on time. Yeah, the papers weren't in on time. Uh, it's been sent back for... Re- it's not well, been how long does it take to time. send these bits of paper? Like, this is going on since... No, someone was using the dial-up internet. They had the... Genuinely, strapped the fucking thing to a pigeon, right, <laughs> in London and f- yeah. told them to fly to Paris and it would have been, like, an hour. I thought he was one of their best players against us. Yeah, who's, so who's confirmed? Yeah, Navis is confirmed for us. Okay. Uh, Super Chapman Scott says the real crime is FHG have crushed a lot of our spirits. They've made too many mistakes and not learned from them. That I always that 
that I almost don't care. Fuck my life. Mm. Yeah, listen, did, there's sure, been man. loads of mistakes. Loads of them. And that's just sports, though, right? That's, yeah, that's it, well, it is, it, is, it is sport, no, but the thing is. There's an answer to your question. No, look, what do we that, do? If Jude Bellingham goes. But you see, I can accept if Liverpool signed a midfielder in August and a midfielder in January and we went, they're really good signings and they turned out to be fucking brutal. Right? And you go, they were mistakes. Right? But this is, for me, and this, and I'm going, listen, I'll be watching Liverpool at the weekend and I'll be over in Liverpool for the United game and I'll be over in Liverpool at the end of the season and I'll be watching every fucking game and I'll be drinking with Dom and we all have a lovely time. Right? But I'll keep going and keep watching. But right now, there's mistakes and then there's just Nearly pig ignorance to what's Neglect. going on. Yeah. But this Nearly is what I said at the very on. start. And, they're and, betting the house on this summer. Well, you're betting to. the house on this summer. And I, don't, and I don't know if it's Bellingham. I don't know. But it's, for me, wherever, whoever the midfielders are, whether Bellingham goes out and plays for whoever, Liverpool need to make this right in the summer. And they, as a club, right, as a club and as a collective, they need to look and make some really fucking strong and hard decisions on players in that squad that have been brilliant and just aren't now. And that's how it goes. Ferguson's done it for years. This fella was brilliant for them. Gone. I'm seeing a drop in him. Gone. Bring the next one in. Do you know what I mean? And as much as we hate Man United and Ferguson, he done it. Bang, bang, bang. You know what I mean? And they talk about <clears throat> improving when you're at the top. When he improved, when he was at the top, he was he nearly always sacrificed a big enough player. You know what I mean? Konchelskis, he even done it to. Paul Ince, he done it to. Roy Keane, ow. Talked out of tone. Bang, ow. You know what I mean? All gone. And I can accept transfer mistakes when you make a transfer and it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Especially the money that they're spending nowadays. But right now, we're all sitting here for six months now going, need to sign a midfielder. And we're sitting here now on the 1st of February, as it, over the 1st of February in, in a half an hour's time. And does nothing happen. That's so who problem. goes then? It's you're talking. Somebody in the chat there said, you know, it's almost at the point where you need to start looking. Where it, or no? If what well, the comment was, if FSG had their way, they'd be looking to sell one of Van Dyke, Salah, Allison, or Trent to fund the rebuild. <sighs> John says. John says Chelsea sent the wrong document three times to derail the deal for Zoyech. Well, that is mental, John. Let us know where you read that. Sorry, Matt. Come. Uh, actually, I don't even remember what the hell I was talking about. That's okay. It's uh, HM has a comment there towards me. He says, uh, I understand I don't ever want Liverpool to be wrong, but every once in a while you can say they've made a mistake. Oh, yeah. Come watch us on the post game show. It's full <laughs> of pointing out mistakes that Liverpool fucking make. The thing is, is I'm here for the long haul. Like, if they gamble the house on it and the house burns down, it doesn't matter. It's still our land. You just got to be a fan long enough to see them build the next house. That's the answer to Dom's question. What happens if we get left behind? Then you go through some fucking barren years. You're still a fan of Liverpool. This is a club that has history, that has prestige, that has passion to it behind it. These owners, we'll talk about them as a footnote in 20 years. The players that are here, we'll talk back with reverence of Jurgen Klopp and Mo Salah and players like that. The, the club will keep going forward. And at the absolute minimum is... Yeah, FSG has fucked it up, and it seems like Klopp and some of the people that are involved with the football operations, they are dropping the ball on it. But what they're not doing is poisoning the heart of this club, like Chelsea might be doing, 
with their ridiculous overspending and crazy long contracts like Everton's having done to them. Like you see happen with, like we're not at risk of losing our club. Our club is in a healthy position in a long-term business of sports model. You got to take the rough with the smooth. We had about the smoothest smooth possible last season. You know, we've had it pretty fucking great for the last four or five years. So a little downturn in form and you start seeing people like, it's the clop out people that just blow my mind. Like Klopp's job should be at risk. That's crazy. That's crazy. A PSG journal, a PSG journal called Bruno Solomon has, has reported that Chelsea have sent incorrect documents on three occasions with regards to Zoyish. But why would they do that? If they want them gone. They need to free up space. Yeah, it's a bit mad. Anyway, just, can we go? Can I just mention about yeah. Matt before? Just before we go, Matt, Matt said if we had to sell one of the assets, what would it be? That's what you asked. Yeah. yeah. Let's because call I it a big kickoff before we go. <laughs> like I floated on I floated on a show a couple weeks ago just as an out there like thought experiment of keeping Quivin Kelleher because he counts as homegrown and selling Allison because he might be our most valuable asset. And I think out of those four players, Van Dyke, Salah, Allison, and Trent, I think the one you do not sell ever, ever, ever is Trent. I just think I think it would be it would be crushing to the city and the club, everything about it. But but you see, but you see, now we're going down the route of um This oh, is rebuilt. This oh, is I know, rebuilt. I know, I know it's rebuilt, but now you're breaking glass, now you're hitting the big red button doing <laughs> something like that. Right? But it doesn't need to be like that. It doesn't need to be like that. You know what well, I mean? It um, didn't need to be like that. No, I know, but <clears throat> for me, like I wouldn't look at selling any of them for. And Allison certainly not. Like if Allison isn't in goal for us, like forget about it. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just he's the best keeper we I've ever seen playing for Liverpool anyway. Um and when you when you when you talk about selling one of them off, like then you're saying to yourself, right, so say you sell Allison for seventy five million quid, right? Or hundred million quid, whatever you want. Then you have to reinvest it. Right? And now you're taking a risk with Queeby and Keller, who's been really good. But how does Weaving Kelleher perform over a full season? We don't know that. Yeah. We probably have to wait to see him playing somewhere else before we know that. That's why selling him with a buyback makes the most sense. Because if you sell him for 20 and your buyback is 40, you're losing 20 million quid, but you have you have the the evidence That's in front of you. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and then you're taking a risk. And then what happens then is that you sell Allison, you put Keller in goal, it doesn't quite work. And you go, but you signed a right-sided midfielder or a centre midfielder, and he doesn't work. And next of all, it's like, we're 100 million quid down here. We sold the best keeper in the world. That keeper's not working. That midfielder didn't work. And that's taking risks, but that's unnecessary risks, really, when you think about it. Liverpool as a club functioning shouldn't have to sell their biggest pair anymore. Not unless it's on their terms. They shouldn't have to. They make loads of money. They're well able to cover what they spend. They should never have to sell... The biggest, the biggest player ever. Um, we're like gone by that. <laughs> we're gone by that. But you see, Salah, Salah hasn't been great. But let's be honest about it. His goals and assists this season are okay. For this, more than okay. Considering where we are, yeah, for the season we've had. But it's um, it's he's only scored seven in the league, so he's got to he's got to improve that. He scored seventeen all up, but he's only scored seven yeah. in the league. Yeah, but look, it's um, but look, 
The only <coughs> little bit of late breaking news it doesn't concern us is Manchester United. Twan Zabe is going on loan to Stoke. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeez, they still have him. Yeah, they still got him. Uh, there's a bit happening in the Championship, not much. And there's a message out of Everton, nothing happening at Everton. We can confirm that Everton have no deal sheets in, which means they will not be making any signings, despite selling Anthony Gordon to Newcastle for £40 million. Mm. Everton have told, told Sky Sports News, there's nothing in the links with them and free agent Andre Ayew. So he's gone with what he has. Someone said there that the, the Zoyage deal is off. So, um, and he's currently fair. stranded in PSG's club offices. That's well. Well, the thing is, like, he's fairly outspoken as well, Zoyage at times. So that'll be interesting. But can we go now? Yes, we can go. Yeah, I think that's about uh, that's about enough. Oh, can we ask? Side. Can I ask Dom? Can I ask Dom about his podcast before we go? Yeah, I was just going people, to do exactly. People are that. probably looking there, going, "Oh, will you ask him then?" Go on. Oh, I was going to say, let us know where we can find you and uh, what's coming up on your show. Okay, so the Roden podcast, it's available on Spotify, Apple, Apple Music. Um, it's available on all streaming platforms. I'm starting to do more video, starting to do more clips. Recently had Neil Meller, Bolo Zenden, Chris Kirkland is this week's episode. Um, there's quite a few ex-footballers. There's some, um, there's some boxers from the city, but I've also tried to keep it as... Gav mentioned before, trying to promote the city and what good it does and the people that are from here and, you know, what we do as people because Liverpool is a hard-working place and there's a lot of people who work here who have come from nothing and they're getting where they need to be. Now, I'm not going to reveal these guests, but there is some special people coming up in the next few weeks, which I'm, um, I'm really proud about, to be honest, because we can talk to footballers all we want, but... The people putting the bums on the seat in the ground is what it's about for me. Um, they're getting these footballs into the stadiums. So I've got one I'd like to reveal, which is a guy called Dave Kirby. Um, he's a local guy. He's from near me. Um, he wrote a book recently. Um, and he's he also does all the um, theatre shows, such as Brick Up the Mersey Tunnels. He's a writer. He's a playwright. Um, and... He tells me stories about the 70s, 80s, and 90s, which makes me think, I wish I was here back in them days. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got grey hair, but I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, if anyone can listen in and just give me some feedback, I'd appreciate it. It's quite new. I'm in the second season, but it's it's getting there, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And the reason I started it up, um, I don't want to take too much of your time, guys. Sorry, no, you so, walk away. Um, the, the reason I started it up, I had a grieving issue last year um, lost my brother-in-law so I needed to put my focus into something that was keeping my mental stability basically because I was losing my shit and that's the reality um started this up there's a lot of mental health talk with Chris Kirkland especially this week um a lot of ex-players also and yeah it's 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 keeping me sane talking about Liverpool keeps me sane as much as it's insane at the moment so um thanks for having me on uh, thanks for listening to me bullshit. Well, if 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 you think you've bullshitted, you fit well in here anyway. So, <laughs> um, but I, 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 honestly, um, I've met Dom for a drink. I've done an interview with him that went terribly because the sound didn't come out. We had to redo it. Just to let you know that was my fault, not his. Um, and I've listened to loads of his stuff, and it's excellent. Um, it's excellent. Honestly, it's it's. Do you know what it is? It's for me. It's Liverpool content but it gets you away from everyday Liverpool. And yeah. that's what's really good about it. You know, 
we all listen to podcasts where it's like the, the game before the game, after the game, transfers, this, owners, and and it's so intense when you listen to it. Whereas this, you bang it on, and you're, I'm not saying parts aren't intense, but you sit back and you just, you hear good stories, and it just takes you away. It's still Liverpool, but it, it takes you away from every day what's going on in Liverpool Football Club. And I couldn't recommend it anywhere, um, the Road End Pod, I really couldn't. It's a different, it's different to anything I think that's going on out there at the minute. And um, like Dom says, he's on Twitter. He's on. He's everywhere. You should. You should definitely go and um, you should definitely go and have a listen. And it's, it's Thank excellent. you. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, super fitting as well that you're on too, because here in Canada we just had kind of our national uh, let's talk about you know mental health kind of day here. Just this past week went through, and it's something that you know even 10, 15 years ago, you know guys like our age, you know, in our sort of bracket didn't get talked about really at all so being able to put a a little liverpool slant to it you know it allows people to come into something that might be a tough conversation to even listen to for some people you know you go oh you know neil meller like wouldn't mind hearing what he has to say and then it's not your regular complaining about not signing midfielders so yeah absolutely fantastic and always go back and check out gav's interview that he did with them when he uh made a little trip over to liverpool what was that the brighton game um Southampton. Southampton? Yeah, Southampton. Yeah, Southampton. And I'm going over soon and I won't be bringing any equipment with me. Me and Don are just going on the points, to be honest. Which is Getting on the lash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's your, the podcast. There's a couple of people asking. It's called The Road End Pod. Um, yeah, you'll find it on all streaming platforms. So for everyone asking, thank you. Yeah. Um, there it is up on screen, The Road End Pod on all Cheers. the pod apps. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you have anything before we get out of here? I'm saying nothing. I'm all good. There you go. No, there's no more breaking news. See, the window's closed. Nope. There is. There's asked. one piece of breaking news. Uh-oh. Everton are now asking where the garden money is. <laughs> <laughs> With the Arteta money. <laughs> yeah. It's replaced the Arteta That's... money. It's now where is the garden money, Bill? So, well, uh, it would it would be nice if Bill Kenwright could take a little chunk of that Gordon money and uh, click on the link for our charity partner and get us to our goal in one fell swoop. That would be nice. We got a uh, dozen women in Dublin that are going to be running the Dublin Marathon to raise money for breast cancer awareness. And Gav is uh, teamed up with them to help get them to their fundraising goal. They're already started running around for miles and miles wow. on end. So I'm it, so tired to thinking about it. I know. It's, like, I walk about a third of a marathon a day, so I walk it, not run yeah. it, and that's that's more than enough. That's um, more than enough. Well, uh, like before we finish, they're they're genuinely the weather is awful in Dublin, and they're out and they're running most nights of the week, and it's gonna only be up and up and up, to, you know, because I think you nearly have to run a marathon the week before you run a marathon to make yeah. sure you can do it and stuff like that. Not that I'm any expert on this, anyone, <laughs> just not an expert on this, but um. Look, it's an incredible effort they're putting in. It's an incredible charity. And sorry, from tomorrow, I did say I was turning off the Super Chats, right? From tomorrow, the 4th of February, right through until this ends, right? All the Super Chats that come into this channel will go to them, right? Now, the only thing I will say is if you put a tenner in, they get seven. YouTube get three. So if you want to take that second to click on any of our shows and click the link or any of our social medias and click the link and put 10 in, they will get the 10. If you do a super chat, they only get 70% of it. But 
I can't seem to stop people doing super chats. So what we do is we get a, we get a, a, a an analytics thing at the end of the month that tells us how much we made off super chats, and I'll be able to tot that up and keep transferring over to them, and it'll just say LSE Day Trooper super chats within the within the donation. So donate if you want. If you want them to get a hundred percent, if you want them to get seventy percent of what you're given, and you want the super chat, go down that route because, like I said, every euro counts. So. Um, yeah, we we'll keep going till we get there. We don't stop till we get yep. there. That's the way what we do. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us for a transfer window slamming shut special episode of the midweek fix from the LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by Bookmakers.com. Thanks to Gav. Thanks to Kev. Thanks especially to Dom for joining us. I'm Matt. See you guys around. No complaining. Podcast Network.